Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Boer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. What's up, my loves? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. So many things I want to share with you today. Holy crap. First of all, thank you guys so much. I am not a numbers person, which I know it's a story that I tell myself. However, I don't really check stats or numbers. I don't care how many Instagram followers I have. I don't really check how many podcast downloads I get, but I checked this past weekend kind of on accident and I realized that we are in the tens of thousands of downloads and oh I just get like I have full body chills right now because I literally started this podcast because my clients were asking me all of the same questions and I wanted a resource that I could just say here go listen to this and I didn't have to repeat myself a thousand times and it's blossomed into something so beautiful and I'm so overjoyed with the community that we have created here I love hearing from you guys I love when you guys take screenshots and share it on your Instagram and we DM back and forth and I'm like girl what's resonating with you. And I just love hearing how the podcast is helping you even in the smallest way. It's just, it blows my mind that my voice can reach that many people. And I know in the grander scheme of things, it's not as many downloads as some of the huge podcasts out there. But again, we're not in the game of comparison. Okay. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy that you are listening because my intention anytime I create this podcast is to help you, to help one person. So if anything that I've shared on this podcast has resonated, resonated with you. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. Let's get it to the hundred thousands. Okay. It's amazing. And the way we can do that is if you leave a review on iTunes, if you do take a screenshot and email it to me, julie at juliebrewer.com, and I will send you one of my eBooks for free or just share it on your Instagram stories while you're listening, because then all your friends know that you trust me. And because you trust me, maybe they'll trust me. And then we'll all trust each other. (laughs) Just form a beautiful bond and an amazing group of women who are just here to level up, to empower each other. And I want to bring you guys up with me because I genuinely believe when one boat rises, all boats rise. There's some quote like that that's like, yo, we're all rising together. We're all leveling up together and we're all supporting each other in our missions to become healthier, happier humans. So I'm so grateful for you. I just wanted to share that with you because it freaking blew my mind. I'm like, is this real life? What is happening right now? But it's so cool and I'm so excited and I can't wait to chat with you about one of my favorite topics ever today. Okay, do you know what it is? Can you guess? So you know I love food. We're gonna talk about food today, but more specifically, we're gonna talk about snacks. Let me just preface this podcast episode by saying, yo girl loves snacks. But when your girl eats too many snacks, she can get carried away. She can start picking at things for reasons other than true hunger because she's bored, lonely, anxious, stressed, tired, etc. And that's never a good situation. So I wanna break down snacking today if you should do it, how often you should do it, what you should be eating for your snacks, and a question to really ask yourself before you snack on something. So I talked about this on my Instagram post the other day, and it's busting a huge myth. And that myth that we have probably all heard at some point is that we need to eat every two hours in order to keep our metabolism going. That is false 
news. That's fake news, girl. You don't have to believe that. In fact, there's a lot of research that supports the fact that we actually should not eat every two hours because every time we eat, our blood sugar rises and we need to release insulin in order to bring it back down. And that constant up and down and up and down that roller coaster that your blood sugar goes on is not good for anybody. It can lead to insulin resistance, diabetes, a whole host of other health issues. But a lot of us are continuously snacking throughout the day. We're grabbing handfuls of nuts or a piece of fruit or we're picking at candy jars at the office. And when we are constantly eating, number one, we never give our digestive system a chance to rest and reset. And number two, if your goal is fat loss and you are constantly eating and picking at things, number one, you're probably eating more calories than you're intending to. And number two, when your blood sugar is on that constant roller coaster, it's going up and down and up and down. That can actually prevent you from losing weight. So in an ideal world, you would be able to last between four and five hours between meals. And especially at night, you want to wait at least 12 hours between your dinner and your breakfast. I personally wait around 14 to 16 just because that's what feels good for my body. And I will do a podcast about intermittent fasting because I know you guys have been asking that forever and I definitely will do that. But there is so much research to support the fact that our body needs a break from digesting food. And our bodies are not meant to constantly be in that fed state. So we do need to give them a bit of a rest between meals and even overnight for at least 12 to 14 hours. And I know you're probably thinking, Julie, I get hungry every hour or two. I totally feel you. That's something I hear so often and that's exactly how I used to be. And the reason for that is because you are not either making your meals big enough, you're not including the right things in your meals, or you're just having one macronutrient on its own. For example, when we snack, a lot of us just reach for a piece of fruit. But number one, that doesn't keep us full for that long. And number two, it sends us on that blood sugar roller coaster. So what is the solution? Okay, if you right now are like, I get hungry every two hours, Julie. I don't think I can do this whole four to five hours last in between meals thing that you're talking about. Relax, you totally can. The solution is number one, eat bigger meals with a mixture of greens or veggies, protein, and healthy fats. This is what I like to call the GPF way of eating. Girl, I talk about GPF in every podcast episode at this point, nearly every podcast episode. So if you need to refer back to that, if you need a refresher, head back to my podcast about GPF specifically. I believe it was the second episode I ever recorded, or you can go to juliebuer.com slash blog slash GPF. I'll leave those links in the show notes so you can refer back to them. But by eating this GPF style, you will be able to last three to four hours at least between meals without becoming ravenous. So here are some strategies you can also implement to make that a reality so that you can last that long between meals. Number one, make sure you're getting enough volume in your meals. Volume is the key to satiety. So we have multiple hunger hormones that turn on and off based on our body chemistry. One of the hunger hormones actually registers when your stomach stretches. So if you don't have a lot of volume in your meal, if you don't have vegetables, protein, healthy fats, fiber, your stomach is not going to stretch and therefore it's not going to register that you're actually full, which is why you might feel hungry one to two hours later after you've just eaten a meal or you eat a meal and you literally still feel hungry right after. So make sure you're getting enough volume in your meals. This means loading up your plate first and foremost with a ton of veggies. I always like to say eat the rainbow. The more color you can have on your plate, the better. So think everything from deep green leafy vegetables like kale, romaine, spinach, arugula. I always start my plate with a bed of those greens just to give me more volume so I feel fuller. Then I add as many vegetables as I possibly can from tomatoes to peppers to cucumbers to carrots to onions to whatever I can add to my plate to bulk it up a little bit. Then I add 
all my protein. So four to five ounces of protein, which is about the size of your palm. Then I add on a serving of healthy fats, which is my second point to increase your satiety, add a source of protein and add a serving of healthy fats. Some of my favorite healthy fats are avocados, nuts, nut butters, all of our coconut oil. And I love animal protein. So I have a lot of meat. I always have grass fed beef. I always make sure my meat is sustainably farmed and raised when I can help it. Sometimes you're out at a restaurant and you can't really control that. But when I buy meat at home, I always make sure it is grass fed whenever possible. So I have a lot of eggs, beef, chicken, pork chops. And sometimes I'll supplement with a vegan protein powder. So if you are vegan or vegetarian, you can get a lot of protein from vegetables, from nuts and seeds, from supplementing with a vegan plant-based protein powder. But regardless, both protein and healthy fats, that pair together is magical, sister. So always number one, making sure you have a lot of volume, but then adding protein and healthy fats will help you stay fuller for much longer. And think in terms of fiber too. You want to make sure that you have, you're getting enough fiber in your day. So anywhere from 20 to 25 grams of fiber is perfect. And the way you increase your fiber intake is through vegetables. Vegetables, girl, those are your best friend. I cannot tell you how important it is to get a couple servings of vegetables in your day. Not only to stretch your stomach and add volume and make you full, but because they're chock full of so many micronutrients that are so essential to hormonal function in your body, to making sure everything's functioning properly and to just making you an overall healthier person. Let's say, let's move on to tip number three. Let's say you do need a snack between meals because you know what? It's just one of those days you had a really tough workout. You've had your GPF for breakfast and lunch, but you had lunch at noon and dinner's not till 7 p.m. Of course, you can have a snack in the middle, but there's a way to make your snacking more strategic so that it actually keeps you full and satisfied. And that is by all always making sure your snack has a mix of protein plus carbs or healthy fats. So like I said in the beginning, just a banana ain't going to do it, sis. You're going to be hungry in 10 minutes. Your blood sugar is going to spike up, come back down. It's going to go on that roller coaster. So avoid just having a piece of fruit or just a carb or anything like that. What you want to do is pair fruit with a protein like hard boiled eggs or a protein shake or meat, or you can pair it with a fat like nuts or nut butter. Because I don't know about you, but eating just a banana, boring. You got to slather that baby up with some peanut butter. Am I right? (laughs) I just love peanut butter. I could literally put peanut butter on anything. What are some ideas for snacks? If you're like, what the heck are you talking about? I've only eaten apples for my snacks for the past six years, Julie. And now you're telling me that I need to either pair it with a fat or a protein. Yes, sister. It's actually not that hard when you break it down and think about it. I'm going to give you a few of my favorite go-to snacks. Number one, a rice cake with either peanut butter or almond butter and cinnamon. And maybe I sprinkle some blueberries on there if I'm feeling a little fancy. It is so freaking good. And ooh, top it off with some sea salt. Girl, you have my heart. If somebody made me that snack, I would literally marry them. I know I'm already married, but sorry, Mark, if you're <laughs> if somebody's going to make me rice cake with peanut butter, I'm leaving. Also, you can have chicken breast and vegetables, or I love ground beef, broccoli, and avocado as a snack. I know you're like, what the heck? That's an actual meal. Yes, it's a meal, but for your snack, you can just have a smaller portion of your actual meal. So this is my favorite way to snack because here's the thing sometimes when we're snacking we get in the mindset of oh I just want to pick at things I want some volume but I'll give you a perfect example so the other night after dinner Mark and I were still kind of hungry we went out to this burger place pretty early so it was like five o'clock and then by eight or nine o'clock we were getting pretty hungry we went to the grocery store to get snacks so that we could watch a movie and I had a choice to make I could either get a bag of popcorn this popcorn I love so much it's called OM ghee so it's made with ghee which is a clarified version of butter it's so freaking good. It's literally just popcorn and ghee. It's so 
good. So I had the choice between that and we were at this Whole Foods type place so I could get something from the salad bar, like an actual meal. And in my brain, I'm like, okay, Julie, snack mode. You're in full snack mode. You're gonna sit down, watch a movie, eat some popcorn, do your thing, whatever. But I know myself and I know when I'm hungry, chances are I'm probably gonna eat that whole entire bag of popcorn, which isn't a huge deal. We could eat it, we could move on. But because I was actually hungry, I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make a tiny meal. So I made a little salad. I put some steak in there. I put a sushi roll, so random but I get one sushi roll every time I go to this hot bar. And then I got a few pieces of fruit. So they have strawberries and pineapple. And I came home and I ate that and I felt so much more satisfied. So it's really just redefining the way you look at snacks. Snacks don't have to be something that you pick at or something that you're just grazing on throughout the day. I know marketing has taught us that that's what snacking means. Snack bars and snack this and snack that. But really it can just be a smaller version of a meal that you would normally eat. And if you are trying to either maintain your weight or lose weight, that is actually a brilliant way to reframe looking at snacking because if you are not willing to eat vegetables, if you're not willing to have a smaller version of one of your GPF meals, then you're probably not actually hungry. You're probably eating out of boredom or anxiety or loneliness or stress or rewarding yourself after a hard day. So that's just kind of a tip for you. If you want to reframe the way you view snacking, it can actually be a mini GPF meal, just a little bit smaller portion size than your full meal. So that was a really long tangent (laughs) in my list of snack ideas for you. But another snack idea, you can have an apple or a banana or some strawberries or blueberries, whatever, drizzled with peanut butter. You can have two or three hard-boiled eggs plus sliced peppers and cucumbers and maybe one to two tablespoons of hummus. You can have a good old protein shake with just unsweetened almond milk, protein, and cinnamon. You can have that organic popcorn I was telling you about. You can have a handful of nuts because they have fat and protein in them. But the biggest thing with picky snacks like popcorn or nuts, I really like to pre-portion them out. So for example, if Mark and I go to the bulk section at the grocery store and we buy a huge thing of nuts for the week. I will put them in Ziploc baggies ahead of time because I'm the kind of person who if I'm working or if I'm just sitting there watching TV, I will mindlessly eat. And knowing that about myself, I can be strategic about taking steps to avoid that instead of waiting until I get in the moment and having to pull out all my emotional eating tools and be like, what am I truly hungry for? It's like, okay, I can do that. There's a certain time and a place for that, but I'm going to set myself up for success by pre-portioning these things out. So I do that with popcorn. I do that with nuts. Any other food that you can snack and just munch and munch and munch away at, I would do that. Pre-portion it so you're prepared and you set yourself up for success ahead of time. And then it really comes down to asking yourself, what am I truly hungry for? When you start to feel yourself getting hungry, check in with yourself and say, when is the last time I ate? So maybe you just ate an hour ago and you say, I shouldn't be hungry right now. So maybe I'm just thirsty. A lot of times we mistake thirst for hunger. We think we're hungry when really we're just dehydrated and we're thirsty. So we need to chug a glass of water. So that's the first thing I always do. I just drink a big glass of water. I wait 10 to 20 minutes. And then if I'm still hungry, I reevaluate and ask myself, what does my body need right now? And if you are hungry one to two hours after you eat, that's probably an indication that you didn't eat enough at the previous meal. So just keep in mind for the next meal that you eat to bulk it up a little bit, to make it voluminous with all of your greens and your vegetables, and then add protein and healthy fats onto it. And then if it really has been three or four hours since you've eaten and you're genuinely hungry, like your stomach is growling or you're feeling a little lightheaded, eat a snack, but make sure you're pairing a protein with either a fat 
fat or a carb source. And y'all know I love to get deep. You know, we're going to go into the emotional part of it, of course, because it's not just as easy as being like, here are your strategies for snacking. Because a lot of snacking has nothing to do with hunger. Snacking is very emotional and habitual. So if you find yourself grazing throughout the day, or if you find yourself getting home after a hard day and automatically going to the popcorn or the chips or the nuts or whatever else you like to snack on, that's when you really have to take a step back and ask yourself, what am I truly hungry for? And one of the things I have all my clients do is create a triggers and a solutions worksheet. So essentially what that looks like is on the left-hand side, it's any situation or emotion that triggers you to snack or overeat when you're not actually hungry. For example, let's say you get home after work, after a long day, you're stressed out, your boyfriend's out of town, and you're lonely. And you know being lonely and being home alone is one of your triggers for overeating or eating when you know you're not hungry. On the right-hand side of the paper, you would write a solution for what that would look like. So when you're lonely, what you're really craving, you ask yourself, what am I really hungry for when I'm lonely? The answer is connection. The answer is not food. So what are some things that help you feel connected? Can you FaceTime a friend? Can you be proactive ahead of time? If you know you're going to be home alone at night and you know that's your witching hour, can you make plans with a friend or a family member or do something after work? Can you head to the gym after work? If you're already at home and you're lonely and you're feeling that, can you head outside and go for a walk and call someone? But when you're craving connection and you decide to try to fill that void with food, nothing is ever going to feel satisfying. You will never be filled up by food in the way that you will be filled up by connection if that is what you're craving. So really just take an honest look at what you're really hungry for and say, what do I need right now? How can I honor that choice for myself? And it takes a lot of practice, girl. I'm telling you, this is one of the hardest things to do. And you probably will need some support and guidance working through this in the very beginning. But eventually you get to a place where it just becomes second nature. So now I'm in a space for the most part. And sometimes I do want to snack because I just love the art of snacking, okay? But most of the time, I'm able to take a step back, be like, okay, I know I just ate an hour ago. I'm not hungry. I'm gonna drink some water. And if I'm still craving something, then I take a step back and say, what am I truly hungry for? Because there's a difference between hunger and cravings. Like I alluded to before, if you're not hungry enough to eat a GPF meal, which is comprised of vegetables and protein and healthy fats, if you wouldn't eat vegetables, you're probably not hungry. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I can eat anything, (laughs) anything. Anything sounds good to me. So if you're in a space where you're craving something very specific or you're like, ugh, vegetables, protein, fat, I don't want any of that right now. I just want pizza. I just want chips. I just want something salty. I just want something sweet. That's probably a craving. And when you're craving something, it's usually not about the food. It's about something that you're missing in your life, whether that's connection, whether you're feeling anxious, stressed, lonely, tired, bored, all of these reasons that we eat other than true hunger. So I just wanted to raise awareness about snacking, hopefully give you some tips that help you out on a very practical level, like some good snack ideas if you needed them. And I really just want to propose all these ideas so that you can take a step back, you can check in with yourself and you can say, what am I truly hungry for? Am I hungry or am I just craving something? If I'm craving something, is it actually food or do I need connection? Do I need to call someone? Do I need to go do something fun? Do I need to release some emotions through working out or having sex or doing something awesome? I hope you found this helpful. And if you do need guidance, if you find yourself in that emotional state where it's like, no matter what, you just are always turning to food and you feel like you can't help yourself, that is what my coaching program is for. So it's an eight-week nutrition mentorship. We literally redesign your whole life from your morning routine to your nutrition habits to the way you view yourself, your body, and we help you develop a healthier relationship with food in your body. So if that's something you're interested in and you do need support and guidance, you can sign up for a free coaching call with me. Just go to juliebuer.com coach. We'll chat. We'll see if it's a good fit. And then I'll put you on the wait list for the next time a spot opens.
questions. If you found this helpful, please share it on your Instagram story. Actually, share it on your Instagram story and let me know what one of your favorite snacks are based on the criteria I gave you today. Maybe it's a mini GPF meal or maybe you're pairing a protein with a carb or a fat. I want to hear some snack ideas and I'll share them so everybody else gets snack ideas too because I think we could all use more ideas, more inspiration. Like I said, we're building each other up. We're helping each other grow, become healthier, happier humans, okay? (laughs) We're all in this journey together. I'm so appreciative of you for listening to this, for being here. You're an amazing, beautiful person and I love you so much. I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.